Yo, this is official Shawmer International Film Festival spoiler alert. We're going to spoil the movie we're going to talk about and probably some other ones. So uh, be warned. This week on Shawmer's International Film Festival, Gerald Alberino is back to talk about No Time to Die, Daniel Craig's final outing as 007 James Bond. And then I turn to the camera and I shoot at you like in the movies that he does in the intro, you know? You ever seen the James Bond movies, guys? I hope so. <laughs> Second take, Jake. Oh, I'm really excited about this flick. Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of the song talk. Silence yourself, though, now. For the courtesy of others, please refrain from smoking and talking in the auditorium. And now, and now, and now, our feature presentation. Welcome to week five of Sean Murray's International Film Festival, live from Baobab Studios in New Haven, Connecticut. I'm here, I'm your host, the Diamond Boy, Sean Murray, and I'm here to talk about motherfucking James Bond, bitch. Gerard Barino is here, uh, and uh, it's great to have him back on the show. Uh, one of my best friends. He, he, he thank is. you, thank you. I'm glad that that is known and should be repeated as often as possible. Thank you for having me on the show again. It's great to be your first returning guest. Eh. Actually, that's not true. You are not the first returning guest. I, I'm the second returning guest, of course, being your best friend, right? Eh. Oh, so sadly, in five short episodes, I'm going to be the third returning guest. Uh, I like to keep it competitive. Stosh, Dan, I'm coming for you guys. And it's not Stosh or Dan. It is Stosh and Dan. Yeah, um, as, let's a, not, as one let's, entity. Yeah, let's, let's make it, yeah, let's give them both uh, some autonomy. Um, sorry for that horrible... Uh, no, that's there. great. Yeah, I, I, I wanna, yeah, we should keep like a, <laughs> I should start like a... Um, a running tally of like who's got the most uh, appearances. That's what I'm getting at. I want to, you know, I really want to make sure that I'm up there, if not leading the pack, you know, just, you know, keeping yeah. it competitive in the field. You want to stay atop the leaderboard for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we're here to talk about uh, No Time to Die, uh, the brand new uh, James Bond movie. Uh, well, not really brand new because it's been sitting in a, <laughs> a can for two years because of COVID 19. Do you our think? Overlord. Do you think they they did anything different? Like, did you edit, any editing happen within the two years? Or? I think Daniel Craig was probably like, "Can we get a little bit more like definition on these muscles?" Like, you know, he's like, he was there's, very there's some flab in some scenes. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of like, uh, I don't like how I looked in this scene. <laughs> I mean, I would do that. Like, that's what kind of like you gotta like. Once you lock picture, you just can't. You gotta just leave it. Like. My th my whole thing is too like when people are always trying to read in like oh it looks like Daniel Craig really didn't care about this uh this installment it's like that's the whole point is that he's tired of this he does yeah. not it's like it's just funny how people like read into it and it's yeah. like oh you're getting what he wants to convey as a as a character yeah. and yet you're using that as like the detriment yeah. to the movie it's like sorry yeah the whole point is that he's not amused like in like Spectre that was like a big complaint like oh seems like he's his heart's only, not in it yeah, yeah his heart's not in it it's like yeah because James yeah Bond's James Bond's heart's not in it, not in it. That's, that's, not in it. <laughs> that's what that's the movie's the about um. Usually, you know, we would have a guest on that's like sort of like an expert mm. or like you know like a you know huge fan or something of like whatever uh, property. But I think it's uh, you know talking to you. I know you're not like you don't have a strong history with this franchise, uh, which is no. maybe the longest running. It's the longest running franchise in movies. It's know? up there. Like I mean, especially certainly in Western movies. I don't want to say in uh, that mainstream Western movie. This is the longest running franchise. I mean, James Bond movies have been coming uh, been around since what the fifties. Uh, when was um Doctor No? That had to be like early sixties. Um, and it's just crazy. They're about the twenty seventh, twenty eighth installment of James Bond. It's just crazy when you think about that. Like, I think that's part of the reason why I didn't didn't dive into it. I think uh one big thing was that 
uh, Pierce Brosnan was the resident Bond during our youth. So, yeah. you know, the 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 douchebag father from Mrs. Doubtfire being James Bond was <laughs> not for me. I'm like, this is the guy that's fucking up Robin Williams' whole life right now. And I can't really be rooting for him to get the girl and just absolutely yeah, crush it. Yeah, why is he it. doing this to the genie? Yeah, I mean, come on, man. Uh, relax. Yeah, you know? that, yeah, Doctor knows 1962. So, yeah. Um, that's what? That's going on the 60 years next year. Insane, uh, dude. Uh, of the, the same franchise. And it's like, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, they said, I was reading something, I think, the five years said Spectre is the longest period of time where there hasn't been a James Bond movie and that's largely because of COVID because it came out a year and a half ago mm -hmm. so um, yeah I, I mean we came up in the, the Brosnan era and like I mean my strongest uh, attachment to 007 during that period is GoldenEye the of video game which I'm, is I mean I was gonna say, anyone that's... between the ages of we are we, well, I'm 28 so anyone, anyone between like 25 and like 40 you know early 40s would have a strong attachment to like you know as a gamer as, as GoldenEye which Absolutely. is the best thing that I mean those Pierce Brosnan movies were not great, but that's the best. That's the best. I mean, if th if that's all that came out of it, I'll take it. It's you know not bad. I mean? It's yeah. not. It's not a bad thing to have on your mantle. Um, so yeah, like I personally have a similar relationship to these movies as you. Uh, I was, uh, you know, I had seen. I think I've seen all the the Brosnan movies. I don't think I saw any of them in theaters, but you know, th those were like cable mainstays on like TBS or like now mm -hmm. like TNT. Um, in like the early two thousands and. Uh, you know, it, you know, Holly Berry was in him. You know, like she was the biggest star, one of the biggest stars on the planet at the time. Uh, but I, I never had a strong attachment to this franchise. But Casino Royale came out two thousand six, and that was a huge one. I, me, my dad, and my brother went to see that in theaters, and I thought that movie was so cool. Uh, and I just as a, you know a thirteen year old, but uh, even as an adult, I have such a strong uh, fondness for that entry um, in the you know. The Craig movies as a whole, I've um I've you know I've I've gone back and watched some of the Bond movies. I haven't seen all of them. Uh, um, I, I would say my favorite uh non Daniel Craig Bond is um on Her Majesty's Secret Service, which is uh George Lazenby's one entry as James Bond. That was the only James Bond movie he ever did, and uh it's just, it's a it's a, it's a great it's kind of like it is one of the oddball. Bond movies where it's, it's nothing like the rest of them. Like it's the most unique, other than um the original Casino Royale, which is kind of like not even produced by, um, the Broccoli family, which is Eon Productions, which yeah. that has done the same, been the same production company for you know sixty years now. But um, yeah, well, yeah I know you like I love Casino Royale as, as well. Yeah. So and to do a little prep for this, I was you know terribly uh underinformed i have watched so little bond movies i always feel like i've seen them in bits and pieces and you know uh gold member is that the wrong one is it what's the no it's gold finger gold finger yeah like you see that's it's like austin pa there were so many things fighting against what's the thing james bond austin like, powers was huge like the, i got yeah i guess i would also say like most the, the rest of my education um my james bond education came from fucking austin powers like everything i thought i knew about spy movies or you know came from austin powers because I mean, Austin Powers was fucking huge. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, you know, it was like late 90s, early 2000s. Um, I mean, yeah. And it's like, so I didn't really have, I had a much stronger attachment to Mike Myers uh, than I would have had to Pierce Brosnan or Absolutely. whoever else. And so I went back and I started watching all the, the Daniel Craig movies so I can be a little bit more prepared, a little bit more versed in this discussion. And, you know, obviously I took some notes and we could talk about that later, but 
the last thought I had as the movie was closing was, is this the best Bond movie ever? Because I don't, I'm not informed enough to say it is for sure, but darn, if you could do better than a, that. Yeah, it's, like, it's such a good movie there. It's like, you you don't have the, the knowledge to say that, but it's also like, because this is so good, it would have to be. You feel like leaving that movie, that this is, movie is so strong that it's like, I can't think of too many other movies, period, better than this. Action so this movies, would have yeah. to be at the top of like this franchise, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And then the other thing was the the other two competing things that stopped me from watching Bond was Mission Impossible and the Bourne series. Yeah. You know? So there was just a lot of other things to put my attention on to. And Daniel Craig, the Daniel Craig thing to me was like, oh, this is the new Bond. It'll be over in, in a year or two and then they'll go to the next one. Like, I just didn't understood, I, I didn't really understand how it works. And when they said this was going to be Daniel Craig's last installment, I was like, didn't Daniel Craig just start being James Bond? It does Bond? feel like it was very recent. And it's like, that's 15 years ago. Pierce Brosnan you know I mean? was was James Bond for like four years. I yeah. think it was like 98 to 2002 or something like that. <laughs> and it's like, oh, get this guy out of here. Daniel Craig's been doing it for years. And I really think so. My kind of perspective approaching these five films were this is their own universe. And to a degree, these are the definitive James Bond. So... Real quick, though, because um, you were talking about, like, is this the first franchise, first blockbuster? It's definitely the first, first multiverse, right? Like, yeah. we're like, hey, we basically don't have real continuity explanations, so kind of Yeah, it like... sort of is. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like the, like, like you every time there's a new James Bond, it's kind of just like, they continue some elements of the previous one, but then some are just completely new, and it's like, is this supposed to be the same guy? Like, is this the same guy, or is this just, like, because then, you know, the, the, there's the, the the idea that James Bond is just, like, a nom de plume. Like, it's just, like, a... A, a dread pirate. Yeah, like, the same yeah. way 007 is assigned to you, like, the name James Bond is just, like, the kind of, like, John Doe name that they give to any agent. That doesn't make any sense because it uh, again the continuing elements is like like there's one like he has a I forgot which movies uh, I I'm hosting a movie podcast I should be more well versed in this but is I think it was like um a Roger Moore Bond where he's married to a woman or like he gets married and then in the next movie it's no longer Roger Moore but like I think it's Timothy Dalton now but he's also married to the same like something like that and it's like so it's it, it's very they tricky. pick and choose where they want and you know I forget that's why I kind of in a vacuum just watch the Craig because it's like there's been an involvement of uh, an evolvement I don't what's the right word for this? Hollywood has <laughs> evolved evolve. uh, Hollywood has evolved and has has changed the way that they approach movies and understand that the audience is more sophisticated and has these different standards. So I tried to, you know, I would probably approach those when as I go deeper in um, as like one-off comics, you know, and then this is like the definitive, this was James Bond. This is the story beginning to end of James Bond in the 007 series, which I think we're, we're going to get to at the end is like, I think if they have any way to continue on this story, the MI6 story, it would be the 00 series and not remove the James Bond aspect of it and it becomes 00. And, yeah. that's, and that's it. And you just go on from there. I think, hey, I don't need it to be a white guy that, you know, kicks ass in, in London for it to be a good, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. just keep doing double, like, you have the recipe, just mix it up and do it in a million different ways. Yeah, and I think, and I want to get more into this, like you said, later, but I do think among almost all characters that, you know, like, people like try to, like, like, Superman should be, you know, maybe Superman should be black or, and I, and, I, and, I, and I'm totally for all that shit. But I definitely think I think James Bond is one. 
high on the list of characters where it's like, there's no reason why this needs to be a white guy. You know what I mean? Like, ultimately, you could argue, okay, Peter Parker is a white guy as constructed, right? But, like, James Bond is supposed to be just, like, the top agent in MI6. Uh, so, um, there's no reason why it wouldn't be representative of, like, you mean to tell me for 60 years it, the best agent has been a white guy? Like, that's the, only, the only way that would make sense is if you're only, like, the, the pool of people you're picking from is white guys, which literally is the problem it with the casting sense. of the, the character. Like, it's a, kind of a snake in his own tail. To thing. me, it would make sense if you were a London-specific agent, if you were in Engl- if you were based in England, but it's like you are literally an international spy. You being of, you know, yeah. you have I mean, even some- then, like, I mean, there's such a, there is such, like, we have this perception of England as like is pr- probably predominantly white, but like England is so diverse. Like I mean, like this is such a uh, strong um like South Asian community in uh in London specifically, but like England as a whole um uh Caribbean uh like uh West African population. Like so, it's like there is there's a re- there it's not unreasonable that there would be um you know an Asian James Bond or a Black James Bond or like you know whatever it's just it's just kind of um odd but we'll get into more about the future of james bond later i want to talk now like just no time to die you know i mean this is the this came out um you like the craig movies a lot i like the craig movies a lot as well like what did you think about no time to die um i walked out of the movie very satisfied um i knew it was i knew he was gonna die I knew he had time to die. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's like you you seem to have plenty of time to die, my yeah, friend. Like, yeah, you're, you're actually gearing, gearing up for it over the course of a three-hour-long epic. Um, yeah, I really came out satisfied, and I wondered if I was stupefied by the Hollywood magic or if the tr- – I just – what I – my takeaway was Casino Royale is the best James Bond movie. No Time to Die is the best screenplay. Mm. It was the most complex and intricate, and I felt that I was involved in characters in a way that I had not. I was emotionally in every single character throughout the series that you wanted to be emotionally invested in. Um, you had a chance to get a little bit deeper into them, and I feel like the characterization was just deeper and more complex. And I can't wait to watch it over again. Um, I I just thought it was an overall superb Bond movie with the fact that you know he has to die at the end. So a portion of the movie, like, they don't have the luxury of the, this is going to last forever. He's going to do it again. And yeah. again, I almost, even after watching him get absolutely bombed by a missile, I'm almost like, yeah, but yeah. did he die? Because yeah, like, we're, we're so, um, we've been trained to think that that's like, you know, no one dies anymore. You know what I mean? In movies, like, uh, like even like, I wouldn't be surprised if they brought Tony Stark back. Mm-hmm. In, um, in some way, like you know, especially with all this multiverse shit they're doing. I mean, it's literally if they, I feel like the only reason they wouldn't because Robert Downey Jr. says I'm not doing this ever again. But even then, they would probably just like recast them and like this is the alternate universe, Tony, whatever. But it's like, um, so I mean, technically that wouldn't be bringing Tony Stark back in the same way, but it sort of is. Um, yeah, where and and and, and, and that would also be fitting here because they're going to recast James Bond anyway. So that's just what would happen. Like I mean, like. If they if he's still alive, but it's just a, a new guy, but like and it continues to like, is this the same guy or not? It, ultimately, James Bond's not dead. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I the uh I I really liked it, and I I had the same experience with you where um, it's like you know was I just stupefied by like Hollywood movie making? But like that's what that's what movies are for. Like like and I'm very analytical about movies, but like some movies, I would not say this is a great movie, 
like in, like just one of the all-time like uh things you hold up as like one of the best pieces of cinema but i love it i, I when i when i got out of the movie i, I posted it on my instagram story I was like i just love fucking damn movies folks like mm-hmm. like we love movies like i just love to like have an enjoyable entertaining experience in a theater and this was 100% that i thought um i mean daniel craig is great like uh, he puts a, he, a super strong performance um it's fun like that that opening i mean and they're trying new things like the, the opening sequence. Uh, with no bond. The, yeah, at the at the lake uh, at the lake house in mm-hmm. Norway, was chilling. It was like very effective opening. Um, that that chase in Rome or wherever they were. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Like that is. It's, and then that time jump five years yeah. and they really don't tell you. You know, like yeah. That chase is so like um. You're not a big Mission Impossible. I don't I don't know if you've seen any of them. You say you have you haven't seen. Any I've of them? seen the first three and then yeah I've seen the first three. So there's a scene in Mission Impossible Fallout, uh, which is the most recent one, uh, six or seven. I think it's six. Um. And there's a, a really great chase scene in the middle of that movie. Like, just, like, I think about it all the time. Like, it's so good. And, like, this is not quite there, but it's it's so effective. Like, and, I, I, like, they, the, the Bond, uh, the, the the Daniel Craig movies did a thing where they kind of, like, you know, Film Creed Hulk wrote this piece a few years ago about um, James Bond, like, the kind of the history of the franchise and, like, like, what it's about. And he's, like, each Bond movie is sort of an overreaction to the previous Bond movie or each, not necessarily each Bond movie, but each Bond generation is like um like each new kind of chapter of bond is like okay we're doing this now we're going to do go completely left from that and i think you know the daniel craig movies was definitely a dialing back of the kind of over the top silliness of the pierce brosnan movies where it's like like he had every kind of gadget and it was just it was just it was wacky like it was just like it was kind of cartoony i think this was kind of dialing it back to like the original fleming novels of like like this is a you know there's some sort of like suspension of disbelief like does would he have machine guns in his car yeah. that's a little crazy but ultimately he's supposed to be a spy you know mm-hmm. what i mean he's not supposed to be just to be like um well i always think about through that scene is like man uh requirement number one to be a double o be a really good driver <laughs> yeah yeah like, it was one of the things about um uh um uh, like spy movies like when, when you're like the best like there's nobody who could be that good at everything at all like, the things he's like I at mean, all the things crack shot he's fucking an incredible driver Incredible lay, like he, he yeah. like he's like this guy can't do... has an alcohol tolerance. Yeah, the size of a whale, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like fucking looks great in a suit. Like what? Like you, you mean to tell me every James Bond, like every 007 was just supremely handsome? Like yeah, like that's, that's probably the most unreasonable part of it. Is like the guy who could do all this shit, like like the, like the people who train um actors to be like James Bond like teach them how to shoot teach them, like they do not look like Daniel yeah. Craig like they look like a schlub that's fine but it's just so funny that like um somebody would be that attractive but like I, I mean that that um just I want to talk about the movie as a whole but like, I just, I'm just focused on that chase scene and like this um when they they corner they corner Bond uh well they kind of um they surround him they're in the car him and Leia to do uh well Madeline Swan and um, they they're kind of going through their issue where they're like they're arguing and he's like doesn't know if he could trust her and the you know the w- windows are bulletproof and they're just riddling the car with bullets and he's sitting there calmly she's freaking out and he's like you know at, the tension is eventually these windows are gonna break they're bulletproof but you know to th- a point to a point like and then, like and he's just sitting and he's kind of like resigned to like I'll just let this happen yeah and then he okay I, I can't remember what exactly what he says to her and then she he was like. Okay, let's yeah. do this. And he just fucking switches the. Because she looks him in the eye, like, like he gives her the "I'm telling you the truth." Yeah, he's like, face. he's like, I, I, I can trust you. All right, I'll get us out of this yeah. easily. Puts the fucking machine guns in the headlights and just fucking peels out of there. It's fucking. And then 
I love that shot when he slides into the train station and then it cuts to the the camera moves over into the um they're walking. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, such a fucking like he kinda um hits the e-brake and slides into a parking spot and then the camera uh it's like a hidden cut into now they're walking, like it's beautiful. Yeah. Um overall thoughts on the movie. I thought it was really well done. I thought it was engaging. I thought it's a little long. Uh, I don't. I didn't hate that about it, but it, it, it's it's a long movie. It's like, a long it's, movie. It's a lot to ask. I checked um, my watch. At yeah, one point. it was like was it's like, like two forty or some shit. Yeah. It's pretty long. But um, my only issue with it is I thought all the Robbie Malik stuff doesn't work as strong as it could, mainly because for two reasons they introduced Robbie Malik as a villain in this movie in the fifth installment of you know this is the closing chapter. He has a connection to uh, Madeline Swan, James Bond's, uh, you know, ex-girlfriend, but not a connection to James Bond, which we, which is where you would want a character to have the strongest connection to James Bond. And they have Blofeld on ice, yeah. basically, for most... And he, 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 uh, he doesn't last long in the movie. Uh, and I think Blofeld... So, the biggest issue with this, this series is it should have ended at Skyfall. Um, Skyfall was the reckoning with Bond. It was the reckoning of, like, what... Is James Bond? What does like in the modern day? What would it like? Like, what is the? What are the issues with uh, MI6? What are the issues with um, imperialism? Like, what does a James Bond represent? Right. So you continue the series, and in in the fourth movie, Spectre, they just say like, "Oh, Blofeld was behind all this shit." It's like we didn't have like it. it it's that the thing I hate about um, contemporary uh, uh, franchise filmmaking, where it's like. Uh, you know, this guy was behind this all along. Like, who is this guy? Yeah, like, I like, have they, no they care. Did they the did world. that in um, Star Trek Into Darkness, where um, they introduce uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as Khan because it's aping uh, Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan. But Khan isn't supposed to be like this. Like, like we the audience, the audience has no one. Khan is not like Khan. The Wrath of Khan only works because Khan existed in the series. Like. His wrath didn't come from within the movie. Like they, it, it, like um, they introduce. It's like he's like, my name is Con-. like. No one knows who this is. Like yeah. you only know it if you're already a Star Trek fan. But and then a, you hate it. And yeah, then you're like, like, wait, I don't you... want another Con movie. That's the last thing I want if you to do Star Trek again it's, is to do the best thing they've ever done. Yeah, in Star it's trying Trek. to add depth to something by like remember this. And it's like the the Blofeld thing. And I think Chris, I, I love Christoph Waltz. I think he, I think he was really great in this one. I think he's great yes. as Blofeld. But um. It's like the Blofeld thing is introduced so late, and it's like so there is there really are no seeds to suggest. It's it's one of the issues with franchise filmmaking where like is a new writer coming in and he's like, well, this is my take on it. This is these are my ideas, but there are there are, there are no seeds planted that there is a Blofeld. You know what I mean? It's just kind of saying like, just say like, oh, okay, well, they, actually Blofeld did all this shit. So anyway, my problem is now that you introduce Blofeld, the ultimate conflict should be much more personal. Uh, the 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 because uh, um at the end of Spectre or in some some point in Spectre, Blofeld says I'm the architect of all your pain, right? Mm-hmm. That should be what this movie about is the architect of all his pain, all this stuff and like and like Robbie Malik is just like it's kind of ancillary. And like the whole like I think it was just convoluted. I think the whole Robbie Malik plot is well, like the his... big thing for me that was confusing was when Blofeld says now everyone dies but Spectre agents, and then all the Spectre agents were dying. Even me, I would like to think a pretty advanced movie watcher had a hard time processing what was happening. It's like, oh, the whole time that person that called the the, the Russian scientist was uh, Lucifer. I, I'm just gonna call him Lucifer. Yeah, uh, his name his, his name is basically Lucifer. It's Sage. like Lucifer. Like, yeah, it's it's 
it's it's really on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so yeah, his his doesn't work doesn't work about that. It 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 never really explains it because okay, basically Blofeld is trying to. This is supposed to be the moment where he finally kills James Bond in you know like he like embarrasses him in front of all the Spectre people, right? But they switch the it's sort of like the fugitive. Like they they switch the samples. Like they um they switch the the DNA so that it kills all the Spectre agents. Bond is confused. The audience is confused. That's fine. But then we get to when the the he conf- he confronts Blofeld at uh you know the insane asylum or whatever. And Blofeld basically says to him like. That wasn't my plan, but I'm fine with it, and you'll find out why. Because the guy who's did this, and he, he keeps saying stuff like, "Oh, your connection to Madeline, and it'll That's all what make they kept sense." They saying like she's gonna tell you the it's whole like, thing. She doesn't tell you. Like, she, there's nothing. There that is you don't no. Know. The reveal yeah. doesn't d- never materializes. Yes, I, like, that's my big miss on that. Where it was like he's like Madeline's the key to this whole thing. It's like is she really? because you're gonna because my thought is like okay, Madeline is Blofeld's daughter, or um like you know like there is some sort of connection, and like Madeline even. I thought that's what his whole big twist was that he was gonna be Blofeld's daughter and there was gonna be some incest twist on yeah. like, yo, you're you're dating your niece. On some old boy shit. On some foster even though they're not blood related, but I thought it was gonna yeah. be something like that. I that's exactly what I thought was gonna happen. And it it never materializes. So it kinda makes like obviously Bond villain like plots are always kind of over the top and convoluted. Like, oh, I'm gonna poison the entire water supply of the entire earth for no reason. Which is whatever. But all that stuff becomes like I don't even. I can't even engage with it on like that level because I'm still waiting for the shoe to drop. Of like, okay, so what's the big connection that he's gonna like? It it, it would have just worked if it was just Blofeld doing all this shit, or like, or or at least that um Rami Malek's character, uh, Lucifer Satan, <laughs> basically was um being controlled by Blofeld from prison, which he wasn't. So it was kind of like this guy's totally ancillary to everything that James Bond has ever had going on. And it's it's a shame because they just had Blofeld, and previously that they had um, what the hell is um, Javier Bardem's character in Skyfall, who has that same thing. He's like, I was a former MI6 agent. I have a you know a particular connection to you specifically and and to this organization. So like this is affecting you know what I mean like I I'm gonna I'm gonna kill M. I'm gonna like you know what I mean I'm bringing it to your front door, and there, this is tied like. Basically saying that you're you are you are as 007 are as guilty of whatever like whatever happened to me and whatever happens to all the people around the world as anyone. You're not you're not you're not just an agent of the state. In, and effectively being an agent of the state means you are the state. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's like you are the villain exactly. just as much as I am. That works very. I think Skyfall like you say Casino Royale is the best. I say, I, w- I would say like I'll put. Uh, Skyfall probably just a hair above because of it, it ties so much together. And I think it's, I mean, Roger Deakins shot the fucking movie. It's beautiful. It's like <clears throat> Javier Bardem's great. I thought that was Roger Deakins' worst shot movie. And honestly, I thought there, I have a lot of hot takes on you Skyfall. Got a lot of, you got a lot of hot takes, generally. I got a lot, a, lot, a lot of hot takes on Skyfall. I feel like No Time to Die was the, was the Requiem for, for Skyfall. Um, I think those two movies they did one did something well, the other one did another. Like they combined, it would have been perfect. But the villains and the output is essentially the same. So, anyways, the big thing that I came to is everyone's first installment in the Daniel Craig series. I believe the villain is them. So uh, I think Martin Campbell did the first one. It's like technically a bunch of old white dudes. And, you know, who's that guy that keeps like you keep seeing the old white guy in Casino Royale basically yeah, lurking yeah. across. Then Sam Mendes is Javier Bardem, and then Rami Malek is uh, Carrie Fukunaga. And 
I think that they're the villain is always the director, right? And I think that in this case, what uh, Carrie was trying to do was say, "Hey, I." He was trying to ask the same question Sam Mendes was, was like, do I need to do this for myself? Do I need to make my masterpiece something that is a sellout? Essentially, I have to, you know, sell out to the whole entire world. Or do I keep myself isolated and kind of keep my, you know, my genius to myself and just do good? You know, like I have gripes with the world. I have gripes with the, and I feel like James Bond is always the Hollywood movie system, right? Mm -hmm. And they're fighting their Hollywood movie system. And in the end, the Hollywood movie system wins because Sam Mendes chose to direct James Bond and just, you know, you know yeah. what I'm saying in the end these guys are choosing I think I've to I've made a commentary on so I, I felt like that was the with that in mind I felt really engaged in No Time to Die and I do feel really engaged in Skyfall for that same reason um, but I just felt like there was this thing with Skyfall where it's like Javier Bardem was there's a lot of parallels again too with that No Time to Die with like the dif disfigured face you know there's a lot of a lot of those things well, kinda... that's one of my issues with this is in whether you like Skyfall more or less I think ultimately that's the problem again is that like this is sort of redundant like this if they were going to do this they should have killed Bond at the end but I, I don't think they were ready to do that yet I don't yeah. think they were like because like James Bond doesn't die that's why that's um sort of like um I mean a lot of people re reacted poorly to uh, James Bond dying online yeah. because that's not what happens James Bond does not die that is like I mean literally in 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 a in a literal text textual sense James Bond, the character, does not die. But also, in a meta sense, in the real world, James Bond, the character, as a, as a, as a franchise, doesn't die. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and no one's under belief that they're planning to kill off the 007 franchise. Like, no one thinks, like, this is going to be the last 007 movie. I mean, literally, Amazon just bought... Uh, um, I don't know if they bought MGM or... They, yeah, they bought MGM. So, like... And they're talking about a, a big part of it was I mean the biggest thing that MGM has going is Bond, so they're they're clearly planning to do more James Bond shit. But it's just a fascinating uh, thing. Well, my, my point was, it, it this is sort of a redundant movie, and um, which makes um, Robbie Malik's character a redundant villain in a lot of ways because. He does. He, he's just sort of ancillary to like the you know, everything that's sort of emotion. Like he 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 puts a lot of the plot mechanisms in in place. Mm -hmm. But like his like kind of like um, I don't care about any of the shit he has to say. Really, I feel like I really care. Like um, if it was Blofeld, it works so much better because it doesn't have to be as convoluted to say like why. How does this all? I think the motivations work better as a character. I will say though, while we're talking about it. I thought his performance was phenomenal. I liked him a lot. I thought the performance, he carried a lot of very silent scenes, uh, very quiet scenes. And he also blended like that Russian Japanese. I, I, I'm so glad that they said it off of a, like a, an island between Russia and Japanese. Because that's what he was basically. Doing. And then, so it was like, oh, that makes sense with the with the accent. Uh, I do hear everything you're saying in terms of like motivation. Like it is something hard to escape. Um, I kind of felt like with the Javier Bardem thing is like uh, he had them dead to rights. Like he James Bond should have died by that. You know what I'm saying? It, he it should have been the reckoning should have happened. And then I kind of felt like the Skyfall ending was kind of like, oh, and now you get to see James Bond's childhood. And like, you know, it, there, it the problem with James Bond movies is like the same thing with Casino Royale. There's a whole movie and then there's the last third of the movie. And that last third of the movie so often is so different. It takes you out of all the things that you were doing. Well, that's the, yeah, that's the, ultimately the problem with Skyfall. And I, I still think it's great. It's just that like they stop short of going where they like if if this is the reckoning, he has to die. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's like one because you because you don't want him to die. That's why it works. Because 
and it, if I worked in this movie, I think as well, because ultimately, even recognizing that James Bond and MI6 are wrong and M is wrong and, you know, just like the British government is wrong. You still love James Bond. So if he dies, you're like, I understand why he had to die, but it still pains me to see, like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't want to see this guy go, even like, like, uh, even though he's supposed to be essentially like he has to deal with the fact that he is guilty of all these, you know, these crimes in a way. Well, I think that's the big flaw of the James Bond series is that it's called the James Bond series. If they just simply called it the 00 series or the 007 series. I think there would be so much less of a quandary on what to do, how to end this, and the and what we so kind of what I was thinking when I was w- going through these movies is like, oh, everything I know of an international spy movie is James Bond. Like every trope that I know of international spy, yeah, is from James Bond. It's so important. It's essentially its own genre, right? You're not gonna stop making mobster movies. You're not gonna stop making western movies. You're not gonna stop making Marvel movies. I, I know there's always gonna be the peaks and valleys of where yeah, they make but more like, or less. Yeah. It's like there's a Mission Impossible is the only thing competing with it in that space, and so I just think that the J- the that's where people get hung up on the name. Like if you named X Men the Wolverine series, you know what I'm saying? That have yeah. Logan happen. You're it's like ah oh, well, I guess I wasn't expecting that no, to yeah, happen. It, yeah, it, it, it is, that is the biggest flaw uh, is not calling it 007. Just mm-hmm. 007, it, like it's perfect. That yeah, it it, it solves all the problems of all of that stuff. Um, yeah, it's just yeah. They, I think they just stop short. But I think I mean I think it's so effective. Like I teared up when he when he at the at the at the end of this movie. Um, and I think the the ideas that play are so strong. Like the idea that he's been poisoned with a um, sort of like a, a chemical agent mm-hmm. that means he cannot touch the one per like. I mean, he's doing all this shit. He could have lived. I was thinking, yeah. like, he could have technically lived and then like video skyped yeah. them and yeah. yeah. He's like yeah, like what what at this point. I've, you know, finally reconnected with, like, the one person who, like, got me to leave this life. I finally, I'm realizing I have a daughter, like, I, like, and I, like, this is it. Like, I, 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 I came back for one last mission sort of thing, and, like, and now that's been taken away from me, and not even, like, worse than death is that you would be alive and not be, like, you know what I mean? I would have to leave you again. Yeah. Now, now knowing that you, he would kill himself. Yeah. It essentially, probably. So it's like, yeah, it's like depression. he's like, yeah, I'll I'll stay here on this island and get hit by one thousand missiles. Yeah, just peppered <laughs> by missiles. I thought that. Uh, what was I gonna say? Is she the best female lead in in all of Bond? Because like Vesper was great. Uh, I loved it. They really carried that on real long. Like that, I thought that was kind of what I was gonna say. Is like they have a continuity in these movies that with being uneducated but knowing enough about the James Bond previous movies is more of a through line than any other movie ever. Like, the fact that they're saying Vesper in the fifth movie is showing, like, okay, there's no unimportant characters the way there used to be for in James Bond. So, what a, but I've, I just felt like her performance compared to... Well, Nancy Dewey is an incredible actress, and I was listening to um, the Big Picture podcast, and they mm-hmm. were talking about the... Lance Du is kind of overqualified... To be a Bond girl, usually, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, Holly Berry is someone who's kind of overqualified as well. Definitely but usually, yeah. w- with the Bond girl has become uh, Diana Rigg. Uh, mm-hmm. She played um, in, uh, in in her, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. She was uh, the Bond girl in that. But generally, the bo- Bond girls are, you know, kind of the one of the hottest 
know actresses in Hollywood who's, who's not a great actress necessarily like Carmen Electra is mm-hmm. was one of the bongers. You know what I mean like it's someone like that who's like a pretty face because th- that's what the character ultimately is too. Like they're not usually like um being asked to do a whole lot. They're asked to be pretty. They might shoot some guns with him. They might just be like eye candy. But so I think they gave this character. I think she might have, uh, ultimately become the greatest. Might be the best Bond girl simply because she has the most um one of the most screen time by mm-hmm. far because you, a lot of times uh, Bond girls don't carry over to another film but also they give the character the most emotional depth and the most uh um it, it goes the most places with her you know it like felt it's, so real it's a the real whole time ca- it's a full I, character yeah, rather than a so one dimensional like sort of like eye candy it was crazy because I you know had you know spectrum i'm gonna not lie like after watching five bond movies in like three days is a lot of bond movie um and spectrum i kind of like was like w- working and watching working and watching but, and that you it, didn't miss Spectre's not good that's the one that in quantum of solace too you yeah, know yeah, it, it, what's quantum of solace is casino royale too basically um and it's just with, park, with more parkour with, and what yeah a bunch of bullshit it, it, it's, like, it's when the heineken comes in like when his like i it was so funny he drank a heineken for the first time in that movie and i was like oh this is that yeah, time where yeah like, when yeah, it's like it, it, like product placement yeah the movie and i just um, remember all those like daniel craig heineken commercials yeah i remember yeah I, remember those. I was like oh Oh, yeah, Bob's house is bad. Uh, it's the worst one of these. Yeah, I think, I think um, there's no doubt, and I think that that's the thing with like the Skyfall and stuff. I, and I just want to say on the Deacons thing, and and I, for people to know that I'm not completely uneducated, fuck, that's just making ridiculous claims. Just notice the depth and saturation of the palette. It's not as he normally has a complexity inside of his palette that is he captures. He's he's the master of lenses. He's the master. I would say, ironically, the only person that could rival him is Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, in terms of no- lens knowledge and the Kubrick, if he would rise from the grave. Um, but from what I know, these guys understand the emotion of lenses better than anybody else. Um, Tarantino is a little bit of a one-trick pony. He just uses 70s camera. You know what I'm saying? Like he goes yeah. to like super Panasonic and you're going to get that look no matter what. But these guys have variety and are able to create a lot of motion. But the the one thing I would say about the Skyfall, I was really um, – I, I was not as excited with, you know, the – the colors he chose to highlight in 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 the color saturation and uh, of the movie. That's and fair. That's personally. totally fair. Now, no, that's totally fair. And Casino Royale, just to say real quick, the the palette of Casino Royale was gold, blue, and black and white, obviously. Mm-hmm. And that was great because James Bond was blonde, had blue eyes, wears a tuxedo, right? So you have the palette in the person, yeah. basically. In in so I thought that was kind of brilliant. I really liked that's that. A really fascinating thing. Yeah. And and then when I you know my expectations with Deacons is like, again. People, when I'm making criticism on them, yeah, it's it's, not saying he's he's doing a bad job. It's just not. It's not what I level. It's like if you went to a a Bulls game in the '90s and Jordan only dropped 22 points. Exactly, it's a good game, but it's like this ain't or like or like 26 points. You know, it's like great game, a good game, but it's like I came to see you drop 45. Exactly, on the Knicks. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to see you take off from the free throw line. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I I totally get that. That's that's totally fair. And I think it's also one of those things where it's like sometimes when you get subsumed into the machine of something you kind of have to bend a little to fit what they want from you absolutely what the movie i mean uh i listened to uh the big picture and uh character fukunaga did an interview with uh, sean fantasy and he was kind of talking about like um kind of working in the the franchise system having to kind of like it it can't be it has to be a Kerry Joji Fukunaga, Fukunaga film to an extent because that's why you hired me to come do Absolutely. it. But also it has to be a James Bond movie. You know I mean? think he did the best job of putting his... It's hard though because Sam Mendes, I mean, it, 
Sky, I don't, yeah, I don't want to detract from Skyfall, but I do want to talk about this movie. And I think that from, so first off, the reason I'm in the relationship I'm in is because of Maniac. So God bless this man and his writing <laughs> and his excellent cinematography, moving people to make different decisions and uh, the actions we do when we live, you know, ring eternal and forever, for yeah. eternity, whatever the, the line is. So I love this man and he's, he is faced, I feel like he is not as productive because he is often over-criticized and people don't understand that he is delivering on a vision. And bottom line is, I could have told you this was a Cary Fukunaga movie, no doubt. From those, Especially when they were coming down, um, when they were doing, when they were breaking into the MI6 and they were like, they were breaking into that large building. That's a for great the, shot, the upside down camera and he spins and it. And, yeah. there's just a way that he did that that wasn't Nolan, mm-hmm. right? Or it wasn't uh, Michael Mann. Fact, and I was yeah. like, Okay, there's something here where he's not drawing from a well that I've seen other movies basically camp what these other great directors have done. And I don't want to get into what it is that he did. I do believe he was on slightly of an angle. It was almost like a Dutch angle of that, which is hard to perceive because it's flat glass on the left side. And also the time of day in which they did it, which was like that uh, sunset. So it wasn't at nighttime. A lot of great things. The the man is just... uh, He's a phenomenal art director. He's a phenomenal art director. And I love his style. And I love his writing, man. I really, I, I gotta be honest, dude. Like, I gave it all the passes, all the suspension of disbelief that it needed to continue. I gave it to it, man. Um, even because the the Madeline thing with Blowfield was the thing that got me mad in movie because I knew I was like, there's nothing. There's nothing here. There's nothing it's, here. Yeah, <laughs> it, at the very least, the the audience already knows, and James Bond has already been betrayed by her. It's not. There's nothing to retread there. So it was, I thought that was a, a misstep. But other than that, I did enjoy the Rami. Uh, I, I like his performance. I, I like it, the yeah. character. I, I, I like what, like you know. I like the villain. I just feel like if it was a little bit, if you know, like let's say if James Bond caused the death of his family and that led to, you know, what I mean, rather, and it didn't have to be exactly that, but something where he is a little bit more tied in because this is this is so much about about the end of James Bond. You know what I mean? And like this is so much about personal, like personal connections, which is like the one he was thing the wrong villain for the time. Yes, because. You know, like this movie is so much about flying in the face of what James Bond has always been. James Bond doesn't, you know, I mean, obviously he he'll always like kind of fall in love with a girl in every movie, but like very rarely, you know, he he got he gets married in a, um, uh, at various times, like one or two times, but generally James Bond doesn't like the the purpose of a 007, or not the purpose of, but like someone who is 007, you can't fall in love, you can't have a child, you can't leave the organization, you like, I mean, so. To have that, all that stuff happening in his movie, like, and it's so much about like the personal bonds that he's made to the world. To have this villain here is just weird. I want to get too hung up on that. I want to talk about. We were talking uh, off mic before the show started. James Bond is essentially, I think, the franchise. It is the like. It's not like everyone's favorite franchise. It's not the everyone's um like. M- most people don't have a strong attachment to it, but I think. One, because it sort of invented franchises the way in movies. Uh, and two, because I was saying, like, James Bond's a, a James Bond movie, which is sort of what we talk about, like, um, 
Like, were we just kind of won over by Hollywood filmmaking? Yes, because th this is what, I mean, it's a British production, but, you know, it's Hollywood filmmaking. Like, this this is, like, a, as far as a popcorn movie, a mainstream movie, James Bond is probably the platonic ideal of what a, a movie is, like a uh, like a, like a, a big screen experience, a popcorn movie. It's it's attractive. To, it's, to put this into something, you know, Michael Scott, the everyday man, he writes a movie, right? He goes to write a movie, and what's the first movie he tries to write, basically, yeah, right? Yeah, a spy movie. A spy movie. Right? Yeah. People who were Red untalented, who did not have talent, and wanted to write something the first and they're like hey you have to write a movie in a in a year why james bond would be probably the easiest thing to get an okay yeah, it's movie like, it's, out of. it's 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 something everyone can um kind of attach themselves to it's an attractive person uh attractive people because like, you, know, you know a hot actor a hot actresses uh doing cool shit they're driving cool cars they're shooting cool guns they're going to in gorgeous locales and doing dope shit. They're fucking jumping out of airplanes and, and like scuba diving and all this. Like, it's just cool. And like, and they're saving the world. At, like, it, like this, it's, it's hard to like this, like you would, oh, the reason in a nutshell, like um on paper, it's hard to dislike James Bond. Like execution of whatever movie. Yes. You could dislike, like you, you don't like um, die another day or you don't like um the world is not enough, whatever. But as a character, as a, as a, as a franchise, like it's just, it's just so, perfect but i think a lot about what this movie is about and like um like starting with skyfall and coming into this movie and where mgm is right now the the eon Productions is right now the broccoli family is like do we need james bond anymore like i mean what is the value of not even just james like obviously james bond the character like we were talking about maybe it should just be 007 but like do we need this franchise anymore mm -hmm. and i think it's still i mean it made a decent amount of money uh, uh this past weekend so this this it'll always um it will always be uh, a fixture as long as they want it to be um and like it'll always make money and always be successful but do, have we evolved past um James Bond in the current iteration of what it is you know what I mean I think I think so I think that I'm going to they're going to have to I think this would be a good switch to a TV show if they wanted to do an 8 episode run um, do a little bit something more expansive. I, they're gonna have to change if they're going to go back to it. And they had James Bond die in a movie. They need to do something creative now, and and you know it's that's up to them. I just to me, I always just think about the return on investment. This movie essentially cost with with budget and advertisement is eight hundred million dollars. Mm -hmm. And hot take, Jiro here. I don't see eight hundred million dollars worth of money on a screen. I don't think you can see $800 million. Yeah. I think, like, Avengers Endgame is, like, the only time where it's like, oh, you are paying literally star after star after star of multiple different yeah, franchises. Yeah, you can literally see $800 million. I, I literally can see $800 million. If you read the cast sheet. I can see it happening and playing it out in plain sight. And uh, I just think it's interesting, man, because I watched Psycho the other day. I'm just always watching random movies and trying to, you know, uh, just kind of keep it mixed up. And... I, the reason I wrote, I watched that movie because I was like, man, I really want to like learn if I had one camera in a room, you know, small loca locale. And I was like, after I watched it, I'm like, whoa, this movie's even smaller than I thought it was. Yeah. I looked it up. It was $800,000. I think you could probably make Psycho like that for $800,000 today. Yeah. It's insane how great that is. And um, anyways, I, I, I do think about that a lot. And to me, it's like, if just make another spy, just make another different spy movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, just do, it doesn't need to be James Bond. It could be a million other well, things. Yeah, I think we're at a point in culture, uh, in pop culture, where 
we're trying to figure out like we're reckoning not reckoning but like we're trying to figure out like how to evolve um different uh media properties and like like what's the best way to tell these stories you know what i mean like i mean one for one thing i mean tv is just eating movies food right now in in sense of like like tv is telling the best is the best mm -hmm. storytelling has happened there's still great movies uh but like the best version of storytelling largely is happening on tv but also like what if we tried different versions of this thing like I kind of held off on talking about Lashana Lynch, uh, yep. who plays the new 007. Kind of, which we should actually talk because, about. Yeah, we, we should talk about. Well, this, yeah. I held off on that to talk about it here. I think if you don't do a Lashana Lynch 007 movie, it's a slap in the face to having her play that character. It, it, again, it's 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 the same thing with Skyfall, where it's like they um they stop short of actually doing the thing they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, if you can't have. Introduce a black woman and like this is the new 007. In the and movie, the, she's 007 too the whole yeah, time. It's exactly. Like, it's not like she, it's not like she's like um like at the end of the movie they're like oh maybe you might be you know like uh well you know it's not like they say like oh the seat's vacated who who could be next it's like she is introduced as she is the new 007 already. Now she you know she kind of relinquishes the title to him in the movie honorarily yeah, yeah but yeah. but essentially she's 007 so then if you if the next movie or like you know tv show whatever they do next isn't lashana lynch it's it's just like why we like it, it's it's like you, you you're just trying to appease it's appeasing people who like who because this has been a criticism for years why can't we idris elba be um mm. Uh, James Bond. Why can't oh, Chiwetel Ejiofor be uh, James, Bond. Good, yeah. James Bond? Yeah, I never <laughs> yes, thought of that. Incredible. So, oh my, can we go do that though? <laughs> so, like, if you so so then like um so to good. introduce um uh LL. uh yeah uh, LL Cool J mm -hmm. uh, into this movie. Oh, LL Lashana Lynch, Cool James Bond. Ooh, see LL Cool J. <laughs> He did it. He added to another moniker. Uh, so yeah, if you introduce this character just to say like, "Hey, people who have been criticizing James up. Bond," yeah. and then but the next movie, you know, it's going to be a white guy again. Like we're going to do a dance thing. We're going to get Tom Hardy, and I, I would love to see Tom Hardy as James Bond. That would be great. But the point one. is, it just it, it would be it would be disrespectful. It, it's like it's like you're just it, it's um. It's Lip virtue service. signaling. It's yeah. virtue signaling, and I don't like to use that term because like it's so loaded. But it's like that is literally virtue that is signaling. Literally like it, like well, we we think it's cool that there should be a black woman who be Bond for forty five minutes. Not yeah. no, not a full movie. Hell no, we're not no. doing. That. Are you fucking insane? It's a black woman. She can't be James Bond. And she was so fucking cool, dude. So cool. She I mean, so her introduction cool. in Jamaica is so cool. She's doing the uh, the patois accent. Um, like she oh, I love and like because you kind of the movie kind of um makes her the antagonist to Bond, right? Yeah. But you don't dislike her. I don't dislike you know I mean? her like, at like, all. And I think it's so good. I, I, I'm glad they kind of... It, it, it's a testament to her charisma. Um, and just like... I mean, she's a star. You know what I mean? Like, she, like this is like... In, in a in a perfect world, this is the movie like that... Like, you know, again, James Bond doesn't have the cultural capital he used to, so it, it might not... <clears throat> ultimately shake out that way but like that is a star turning performance mm -hmm. that is like a such a like introduction like and she was in captain marvel she's been in other stuff but like that is like welcome to fucking hollywood Absolutely. like this is like it's, it's sort of like um i don't know how you feel about tenant we don't have to get into it but like i think john david washington and tenant is such a like a it's, like, it's ironic i was thinking about what if he was the 007 like if he, one, I, I was one. thinking but then that's the christopher nolan thing and then it all gets into a and, and then it's like yeah so basically that's why he nolan made a tenant james and not yeah. james bond so but, that is yeah Similar to that, I feel like to me, I was like, okay, welcome to Hollywood, John David, David John David Washington. Like he had, he'd been in other stuff. He was in, you know, Black Klansman or whatever. But like he was so cool and like, 
like he killed it in that movie, mm-hmm. and I feel like there was a similar thing to her. So to to if they kind of put that carrot in front of her in real way, and maybe she doesn't want to do it. I mean, maybe maybe that was a kind of or maybe there truly won't be another one. Yeah, but if the, if if that's not uh, if those conversations are, are not at least happening right now at fucking Barbara Broccoli's house or like you know at MGM Studios, it's bullshit. Like we're gonna be chopping broccoli. Yeah, like <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. It's it's uh man. That's that's. I I think that's a really great point, man. And honestly, that's the, that's the thing I hope. And uh, who was the girl from Not uh, Knives Out? Her scene was incredible Anna too. Darmus. Oh, she was so and like you incredible. Know, people, people were saying like uh, she wasn't in the movie enough, and like she maybe wasn't, she, she that's wasn't. For, but that's a good. It's like it's like leave one more sort of thing. It's like somebody uh, online said like it's actually she, her role in the movie is actually perfect. She comes in when the movie's starting to kind of slow down a little bit, gives you a fucking a burst of energy. She's so charming. She's so fun. It's like it's. It's it's great. It's, she's I mean, lovely. Like it's, it's just beautiful. Like, and, it's, and it's also like she. It's not like there's the flirtatious um, uh, uh, relationship that they have, but it's not like he's just there to go to Cuba and fuck uh, you know Anna Darmus and that's like. It's, I'm it's, so glad it's, that I'm he doesn't so fuck. Glad. He doesn't fuck Lashana Lynch. So like glad. it's like you know I love that they they stick into the Madeline Swan relationship. I love mm-hmm. that they're not like um, people are not like obviously she's in the movie to be eye candy, but not in the traditional way that where it's like. Um, this is someone Bond's just gonna come around, woo, uh, you know, fuck her, and then leave her and never talk to her again. And exactly. she's like, you know, as he's flying away on a plane, she's like at the dock, like crying or whatever, you exactly. know, like missing him for like never, never to bed another man again because she'll never, no one will ever please her the way James Bond did. I know. So I know. Yeah, there's none of that in this movie, and I love that. But yeah. uh, she was great. I mean, yeah, this, this is a, a lot to love. You know, okay. I'm very tired of fan casting stuff like for like DC movies or the Marvel movies or whatever um, because it's, 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 it's really just like limiting like it's, it's the problem with Hollywood where it's like the only thing that people want to talk about is like superhero movies but tell me if you agree with this Jeffrey Wright who plays Felix Leiter mm-hmm. would make an incredible Lex Luthor Ooh. I, I was like He's so like, I would love him as Lex Luthor. He has the he has the gravitas. He has it's so the, weird because like it's something that like even when you say it, I'm not like oh that's the absolute lockstep for Lex Luthor. But it's like one of those where it's like yeah, I think he would really kill that. He, he he's just always though I like him too much. Like I, yeah, like, yeah yeah yeah. But, like, but, but that's, that's what's fascinating. Like uh, sort of sort of how like they like um Lashawn Lynch is is um. Uh, the antagonist, the Bond, in a lot of ways in this movie, M- more so uh, for most of the plot than Rami Malek <laughs> yeah, is actually. Uh, I think, but but you don't, but you like her anyway. You know what I mean? I think that could be effective. Where it's like, what if like you like you were like Lex Luthor is charming the fucking pants off of you. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like and like he's evil, but he's like. I I love this guy. You yeah, know, like, I, I think and it's, I think it's one of the things like with Hannibal Lecter is why he's an effective character. It's like this guy's evil, but mm-hmm. like. I can't like I'm I'm locked in. I wanted to, I I'll listen to anything this guy has to say. Like he's he's deplorable, but fuck if I don't like yeah. just I'm not like it's I mean it's, 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 it's again with like sort of like Thanos as well. It's like it's like there's a gravitas to what you're saying. It's like there's a logic to it. I feel yeah. like it's it's all about the it's all about that being a smart villain. You know what I'm saying? I feel like Jeffrey Wright is just so plays smart. So it plays intelligent so well. If anything, he's dumbing down for this yeah. movie. Like this is like the the least uh, intelligent, he seems to be. You know, I, I do feel bad, um, but his import performance in this was just incredible. I I feel like I might have been more hurt when he passed in the movie yeah, than yeah. when J- James Bond died, because you know it's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And when Lighter dies, oh, and then when he says, I "Know who my friend was?" 
lighter, and yeah. he just crushes that dude who's just uh, from Maniac as well. Yeah. Uh, Resident uh, Billy Madison. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who who's very good in this? As so well. good, he, so good. He's such as the douchey American. He like, knows. Yeah, he yeah. knows. But it also playing playing play like the like. I love. He's like sort of like um. You know how uh Clark Gregg um uh he plays Coulson in the um in the uh. The Mar- MC- in the MCU and like in the Avengers one and like mm-hmm. early MCU movies, he's very much like I'm a Captain America fanboy. It's the same thing with Billy Magnuson's character. Sort of like uh like I like, I gotta kill you, but I love you, man. Like I'm yeah. like he's like basically like if I could get your autograph, I would. I'm not going to because I have to go you know blow up this boat and, and get out of here with the the, the Russian scientist. But man, big fan. Like I yeah. love that energy. Like and like even when, when they're in Jamaica, he's playing it like um. Playing it like a, I'm a clueless uh, new guy on the forest. Like I don't know what the hell's you know what to do here. Like why don't we? You know I love it. I, th- I thought it was great. Um, the casting on this was just so good. Excellent, excellent, excellent casting, bottom. which like, is uh, rare these days. I feel like there's always a miss here and there. I feel like, like I mean, almost everyone in this movie is playing down to the level of the, which is great though. Which you which you want? You want to get the best possible talent. Like you don't want like somebody having to like play above their uh, weight class and like mm-hmm. not be able to do it. It's like is Ray Fine better than like? Is is M like the best role for Ray Fine? No, but he's so good at it. Like I love it. I love to see it. Um, Naomi Harris doesn't get too much to do in this movie at all. I ben Whishaw is an incredible actor. You don't never see him in much, but like but he plays. Um, he's actually in season four of Fargo. He plays. Um, is that Q? Yeah, uh, Q. He's the the Irish. Um, I didn't watch all the whole season of season four yet. But but he's the one who um, uh, who babysits the Chris Rock's kid. Um, like the um the Irish dude. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and if, yeah. But uh he's a great actor. Anyway, like and he's he's just playing Q. Like and it's like it's fun. But yeah, there's so much to, yeah, it's so much love in this. And I didn't think that that's if we're gonna go down to like takes and stuff like that. Watch this movie, guys. Like honestly, go watch it, go enjoy it. Don't think about like the best thing about I think the thing with action movies, and kind of what I wanted to say is like I really the reason why I'm not an action action aficionado is because when I go watch action movies, I'm not thinking about cinematic stuff. I'm not thinking about, oh, what camera are they using and, you know, how are they blocking this shot? I do now, but when I was a kid, I was just enjoying straight action. So I was like, oh, I, I just got lost in the movie. And I think That's there's a certain point movies, to, though. like, appreciating movies is also not appre- is is also not digging into the details and truly just letting a movie speak for itself. And this movie speaks for itself. Well, yeah, and it's like a, um, that's a great way to close that. And I just think... Um, like I am not a fan of the Fast and Furious movies, mm-hmm. right? And one of my issues with those movies is um they're supposed to be, you know, dumb popcorn fun, but like they do this thing where like it's so much like Vin Diesel saying it's about family and it's about and it's like it's 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 like you can't have it both ways. If you're going to say this is like about family and this is like you're going to put this certain importance of it, it's like you're going to place this certain importance on it. There where continuity then, hurts them. Then I have to engage you on that level. And it's like, mm-hmm. this isn't about family. You're, you're teaming up with the guy who killed, you know, someone who you're supposed to... Like, there's so many issues with those movies. I'm not even going to get into that. I, I, just, I really don't like those movies. And, like, everything people, like, like love about... Uh, Fast and Fur- like uh, the way people treat Fast and Furious movies, I wish they cared that much about Mission Impossible movies. I, I almost the wish Mission they treated movies. Fast and Furious like they did James Bond in the sense that, like, hey, there's people doing things with cars fast. Yeah, yeah. In multiple scenarios, like it doesn't need to be this one group of people who become super agents. Essentially, it's, it's like so silly. It's like just call something Fast and Furious, and like I feel like people need to like break that like concept of I need the same characters to be in this movie. It's either. You could take the same art direction and the same concept, like I thought Tokyo Drift, the irony of that, where it's like that end up being the 
the thing that changed the yeah, entire it's, franchise. It's, yeah, it's, it was a deviation that a lot of people did not like at the time. Yeah, but essentially, it is what birthed the like. Even though it, the only overlap is Han and you know the kind of Vin Diesel thing at the end. But it's like it really is what expanded this to become. Uh, in which is sort of is kind of Silly. arguing two different things because like I like that they did that. But also, I don't like what the movies have become. But it's because they didn't continue to branch off. They decided let's all they tie it back in. in. They yeah. tied it back in. That's what I, I'm gonna say. I, they, they, didn't, yeah. they, they didn't lose themselves in the sauce. Like they they were going into those James Bond moments where it's like, you know what? It doesn't matter who the fuck is driving this car as long as it's you're getting your fix. Yeah. As long my, like uh, one of my friends who I also got into movies. One of the things that they ever taught me about movies, what I never realized, was like they're like, as long as a new car is coming out, there's gonna be a new Fast and the Furious, and I was like. Oh, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's a very perceptive thing to say. And they're right. I mean, that's it's just a vehicle, literally. Yeah, yeah. It's a vehicle for vehicles. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I would love to see a James Bond uh, where, like like you said, and I hate the term IP because it kind of, like, takes the art out of it. But, like, James Bond as IP, as an idea, like, you know what I mean? like Or, like, uh, whatever, you know, um, Fast and Furious as a... Um, as a world, you know what I mean? As a um, touch point, but not as... That means if you see a Fast and Furious, you're going to see Vin Diesel and you're going to see Tyrese. And you, no, just like th- stories within the world of Fast and Furious. Yep. Like, you know I mean? Stories within the world of Other James Fast Bond. and Furious stories. Because there's other double O's. There might, there might be only one 007, but there's other double O's. There's other MI6 agents. There's other, uh, there's other stories to tell within that world. There's other types of spies because James Bond is, is so much like... Um, is like the opposite of like uh I mean Casino Royale tries to go back to like you know kind of tradecraft and but like like John Le Carre novels is so much about like the kind of mundanity and like uh like behind the scenes stuff like James Bond is like I mean this is not how a spy would behave you're not like flying out of helicopters and shooting bazookas and shit you're like I mean it's a lot of like um quietly observing shit in like in like tense like moments that no one will ever see that save the world or like not even save the world but like stop you know kind of minor um things from snowballing into a big thing that could uh you know save, save the world i gotta say i know we're, we're wrapping up i would have loved i thought it in the the middle of it uh i mean sorry at, towards the end when they had already infiltrated the base i would have loved a batman beyond-esque james bond in the sense like hey i'm james bond i'm actually crippled below the waist now i'm eight seven years old i'm not m but you know i'm kind of like your your i'm your um like your mentor, mentor. Yeah, yeah you know i would have loved to see that type of cro- like maybe like switch on something or maybe Maybe like that kind of plot twist of like, hey, it's where the multiverse starts where it's like the guy wheels up and it's Sean Connery and it's yeah. like, I am James Bond sort of thing. Like, Did I ever they, tell you about the 007 initiative? It, exactly. Yeah. They just go on and on and on. But uh, sorry about uh, – I just want to say that thank you for this assignment. I did not appreciate A plus. this series. A plus. <laughs> I, I'm glad. I'm not gonna turn your paper over when oh. I bring it to your desk. I'm gonna like, let you see it face up and, and let everyone else know yeah. it. But keep everyone else's down. Yeah, that yeah was you guys the, all. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to see your grades. Um, but, no, but I really appreciate it, man. Because honestly, uh, it's a. This is what I want to do with movies more often is like get into stuff that I'm not familiar with and expand my knowledge. But also just. Thanks for giving me some time to watch some popcorn, eat some popcorn, and watch a great movie. And uh, I think that's really what I've been trying to get back to more with movies, and you know, stop trying to rank things and say which one's best. Even though I still did it in this one, like Skyfall's as good, you know. <laughs> no, I, I actually have seen you grow in. That, I'm trying, I'm trying, that, guys. Uh, I'm really trying not to though. make because you. Um, one of the best things you said in one. Um, 
I think it was your last episode. You were like, I think it's in my top 70. And you said it so casually, I knew you actually had a top 70. That's more of the, there should be no such thing as a top five or top 10. We are in it's, 2020, it's, people. It's we're so like, limiting. It's dumb. It's, 2020s, sorry. Yeah. It's such a dumb thing because it's like, one, your tastes change. Like on a day-to-day basis, you might, something might hit you differently. You know what I mean? Something uh, like you, something you saw 10 years ago might not feel the same. Like it's, it's also like, um, I don't just like 10 things. Yeah. I don't just like 10 things. Like I would never be able to name my top 10, top five rappers. No. You know I mean, it's like, I love so many rappers for so many different reasons. And like at different times a day, different times in my life, where I'm at emotionally, same thing with movies. It's like, I love movies. Like it's not about like what the best, like some of my favorite movies, you wouldn't say it's the best movie. I love like uh, Black Dynamite. Yeah. I just love Black Dynamite. That's it's, actually a, f- that's a great movie, man. Talking about Michael Jai. We were talking I want to talk about that on the podcast, yeah, too. That's a great it's movie. It's a great movie. I, I play but it's ch- not like, every time I play chess, I think about that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, it's so good. It's so quotable. It's so funny. It's not Citizen Kane, which, and, 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 you know, and again, is Citizen Kane the greatest movie? Yes and no. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't really matter. Its influence was the greatest. It yeah. has the greatest influence, but it is not the greatest movie of all time, in my opinion. Uh, we can go to a million things. It doesn't have color, guys. If it doesn't <laughs> have color, it can't possibly be the greatest movie of all I time. I joke from Children's Hospital where um, uh, one time they go up to, uh, they're looking at an x-ray. And uh, he goes up to it and he's like, uh, I'm supposed to believe this thing. This thing is not even color. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, yeah. it's My point is, Things are great for different reasons. Exactly. Um, and like, uh, is Black Dynamite the, the best directed movie ever? Is it? Does it have the best score? Does it have the best cinema? Yeah, I mean, that's not what it's about. You know what I mean? Not it's. At all. I mean, partially, it's supposed to be a black exploitation movie. It's not supposed to be well directed, and it's actually well directed and how poorly directed it is. Like, it's like it's a skill to to be able to tap into. It's like a like good the, actor acting like they're a bad actor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Like it's like I mean Leo in uh Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and when yeah. he's struggling with like that's so good because it's he's Leo DiCaprio DiCaprio yeah. he's an incredible actor um but yeah my point is um what was my fucking point what was I just talking the about the point uh, was that basically we should be enjoying movies and not categorizing <laughs> yeah yeah there's there's so much to, to love um I, if you've never really I don't know how many people listen to this podcast I don't check the numbers I think we're in the tens right yeah it's definitely in the the low tens <laughs> um. But if you if if you're not familiar with the the James Bond uh, series uh, as Jiro was, and I'm not you know the most well versed, I've only seen, seen probably half of them, and it's you know sixty years worth of movies. But there's there's something for everyone. There's every yep. type of like spy. Like it, 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 there's um, there's more somber ones. There's more slow ones. There's more silly ones. There's more um, kind of like the, the the Daniel Craig ones are more like kind of like tactile. There's and, one like, called cool. like Moonraker where they're like on the moon. It's so ridiculous. Like, there's yeah. a guy. There's a character called Jaws who's like. I'm even gonna say, look up Jaws from James Bond, and it's it's just ridiculous. Uh, these movies are crazy. They're fun. Uh, movies are supposed to be fun and entertaining, but they could also be something else than that. But yeah, just fucking watch the movies. All man. right, well now I've done the raid. I've done James Bond. Get me here for some something a little bit more cinematic, a little bit heady. I've done my action. All right, yeah. We're, uh, well, I mean. French uh, Dispatch. French, I was gonna say French Dispatch is coming. Uh, licorice Pizza is coming. I um, feel like I think Stash has got to hit Licorice Pizza though, man. I think Stash has got to take for that sure. down. He's, yes, yeah. he's the master. There's a lot. There's a lot coming. Um, yeah, I can't wait, dude. There's there's, there's so many. Uh, I got so many ideas what I want to do for the podcast going forward. Uh, next week, I don't know. I might have you on again, possibly. But uh, I want to talk <laughs> Dune next week. Oh, bring me on. Put yeah, me on, coach. Uh, put me in. I might have Dan Rice back because Dan Rice uh, is, is he a also, Dune expert? A Dune, yeah. Oh um, man, I love Dune. Uh, I want to talk Dune. Uh, it's gonna be what I call an adaptations episode, which is about like, uh, you know, talking about the movie, but also like 
the book versus the movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, like the, the, the similarities, the differences. Um, not like what's better, but like, uh, like how? Do, like, I mean, Doom is Dune. We're gonna talk about this more next week, but Dune is has for years been considered unadaptable in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. And and I haven't seen the movie yet, but just knowing what Dune is, I'm sure a lot of people will feel the same. Once you, once you once you see the movie, you'll probably understand what I'm talking about. Uh, it's a very internal movie. It's a very about what's going on in the character's head, and it's hard to put that on screen. But I'm excited to see what it is. Den- Denis Villeneuve is one of my favorite directors. I can't wait till they show it down people's uh, throats. Yeah, like they need to. This is the opposite James Bond, where it's like, hey, I'm gonna pretend, I'm gonna pretend like it's a James Bond movie, but yeah, when you actually dig into it, not, it's yeah. the Matrix. It's like the Matrix. It's yeah. like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell you on this, but when I get you Spoon in, full of sugar, have the medicine going on. I thing. can't yeah. wait to do that, man. I hope, I it. hope uh, you let me out on that one. Um, I would definitely have. That'd be fun. To uh, yeah, we get the schedule together. Um. But yeah, uh, anything you want to plug? Um, no, I'm still uh, still in the middle of uh, getting an album uh, put out, so hopefully I'll have that out uh, soon. Um, I really, uh, yeah, I don't have anything to plug. I'll put it that way. I am not. I am not an entertainer. I don't know if you guys can tell. But that's that, isn't that like so freeing though? Like I don't have anything to plug. Like yeah, I got nothing, yeah. man. <laughs> You guys, you, everything I'm saying, I'm not doing this to win your affection. I'm not trying to do this to to get to draw you to my to my Instagram page and give me some likes. What I'm telling you is opinionated, and I hope you guys have. I will say, if you do find me though, and you do hear any opinion that I you disagree with, I think Sean could vouch for me. There's nothing I love more than have it, hearing the other side of an argument. So if you guys want to educate me or let me know about different things that I should open my eyes to, or perhaps I may overstated something. Um, you know, Gerald Barino on Instagram, love to hear what you have to say. And I'd love to, you know, learn more and start a conversation. Hell yeah. Well, Gerald's not trying to get likes and, uh, gain admiration or whatever, but I certainly am. This guy uh, is. check out my other podcast. Nobody has Sean. Check out, check out my show, uh, live stand up comedy show at, uh, people get ready books called read the room. Next, uh, next show is October 27th. It's going to be the last Wednesday of every month. Unless yes. there's some other engagement and i have to not do that that day but um congrats man it's gonna be great uh new england's funniest comic uh Mamoose is gonna be there uh kareem blue Catherine geronimi bj quagan andrew manning myself is gonna be fun it's at a bookstore uh come down and also october 20 october 22nd at uh bridgeport creates uh check my instagram uh lowbrow sean on instagram post all this stuff uh, I was shitting on Dave Chappelle on my other podcast this week. Not shitting on him, but I was criticizing him. And uh, I'm excited to fucking attack me in the comments. I need more engagement. So, yeah, that's that. And uh, as we always say at the end of the show, cut. <laughs>